Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant worship service. Yeah. Um, it's March 14th and this is a service celebrating the third week of Lent, which is March 15th. And um, I'm coming to you. I want to start with some announcements. First of all, we had a special called session meeting last night with two motions that were passed. Um, the first being we're going to suspend all worship services on Sunday morning until further notice. And then the second was we're going to suspend all meetings and gatherings at the location of Presbyterian Church of the Covenant until further notice. And there will be more information to come later this week. Um, I would like to remind you that the coronavirus is uh, it's serious. And so remind you to sanitize, wash your hands, carry your own pen, stay away from crowds, don't touch your face, that kind of jazz. And also the, another announcement is this Tuesday is St. Patrick's Day, which is kind of a tragedy. Um that we are not gathering because St. Patrick was probably the greatest missionary um, since Paul, the Apostle Paul, and he did it through community. And so just as part of that announcement on Tuesday, reach out to people, um, brothers and sisters in Christ, call them, text them. Let's figure out and get creative about how we can remain connected while socially separating ourselves um, my third or fourth and final announcement is that Catherine Brown joined the Kingdom Triumphant on March 12th, Thursday um, and just a brief word about that is I was given afforded the uh, the opportunity the the blessing of going to bring her home communion with Phyllis Smith in October after being a new pastor of Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. And she reached and grabbed my face with both of her hands and looked me in the eye and said, what you're doing is important. And uh, she blessed me in the brief moments that I got to know her. Um, she made my life better. And so we'll miss her. As our call to worship this morning, we will be reading from Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord, for the Lord is the great God. Come, let us bow down in worship, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. Amen. Before we come to this morning's text, I would like to give a disclaimer. We're studying John chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. And um, this is commonly known as the passage of the woman at the well. And I helped start a ministry called Northeast of the Well 
about 10 years ago that is based upon this text. And then I was, as recently as last year, the men's pastor of Northeast of the Well. Um, and Northeast of the Well um, is a ministry that goes into the the broken areas, the, the sober living homes, the juvenile halls, the prisons, and starts discipleship groups and then gathers these discipleship groups for worship services. Um, their common phrase is transforming um, the broken to the witness. Uh, the, the, the broken becomes the witness. And so I could preach on this passage in my sleep. I've delivered uh, countless sermons on this text, but um, nevertheless, I absolutely love it. It never ceases to challenge me. Let's uh, let's open our our word up to John chapter four, and I will start in verse five. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The uh, The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. 
But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want? Or, Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He he cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that you, for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord, and you respond with, Thanks be to God. It's a long text, and thanks for hanging in. Um, There's a lot here. First, um, you see at the beginning of the passage the humanity of Jesus. He's just walked up uh, this hill. This, 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 the Jacob's well is at the top of this hill, and it's there's two ways to get um, where Jesus and the disciples are going. And there, there's one is to follow the valley, and the other is to follow the peaks and the and the ups and the downs of the of the mountain range. And he's on the latter path, and so you see a tired Jesus. That's uh, it's interesting that this is at the end. Like he's tired, the Son of God, fully God, fully man. You see his humanity kind of shining in the beginning of this passage. He he's tired, and he says, "Hey, would you give me some water?" And then the woman, she's. She comes to him 
Notice we don't find out her name, but she comes to him so humbly. And she says, you know, like, why, why are you talking to me? Why are you asking me? Um, I don't know if you've ever gone to the supermarket real late at night to avoid crowds. Um, but I have, I've, there's been times in my life where I've not wanted to see people and I've been ashamed of what I'm up to. And you can tell by when this woman is going to this well, that that's where she is in her life. Middle of the day. Nobody's usually around this well in the middle of the day, but she is. And she asks Jesus, hey, why are you talking to me? Why why do you want me to give you water? Um, Jesus' response is phenomenal. Um, He says, if you knew who I was and what I am, um, you would ask me for a different type of water. A water, a well that springs up inside of you and so you'll never be thirsty again. Um, What's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit coming into believers' lives and flowing through them and answering their, their deepest needs. Fulfilling them to their core. I think uh, the church has made a misstep in that we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. We don't talk about what Jesus talked about. All through, this is a callback to a, the passage I preached on a couple weeks ago. Nicodemus, born of water and spirit. It's a callback to John the Baptist. There's a guy coming after me that's going to be bringing with him. The, the living God so that anyone who follows in his footsteps is going to have the Holy Spirit flowing through him or her. I quote my my wise wife once again. Um, she says, you can't come to Jesus without the Holy Spirit. You can't read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. You can't live a holy life without the Holy Spirit. You can't live with Jesus as as our king without the Holy Spirit. Why do we talk about Jesus so much? Why don't we talk about the Holy Spirit more? And I think there's enough time to talk about both, but do you hear that point? We don't point out that the Holy Spirit plays a crucial and key role. And I think I went for years thinking, what's wrong with me? I, I know I follow Jesus I know that I'm saved, but I have no life. I have no joy. And I think the answer for anybody in that state and the answer for myself when when I was in that state is to realize the truth. When you say, Jesus, be my king, you receive the Holy Spirit. That's, that's just part and parcel of the truth. And so we keep cruising and we, we keep saying, if you, Jesus is talking with this woman and saying, and she flips the light, he flips the light on in her life and says, 
you got you got some problems. You're looking for solutions in the wrong way, in the wrong areas. And she happens to be one of these people that's trying to fill the hole, the void inside her soul with love, physical love, companionship. And it's a it's a God-sized void. And the only thing that can fill it is God. And so he says, he just turns on the light and so we pause right there for a second. How many of us are away from God right now? Knowing the right way, but also consistently choosing not to follow that way. When we encounter Jesus, there's always an awe moment. There's always a a realization, a holding up a mirror to yourself. And he shows he shows you the real you and without a doubt, nine times out of ten, he calls out the sin in my life and he calls out the sin in your life. He flips on the light. Notice this woman's courage of not running. But seeing the truth of Jesus knowing this woman more than she even knows herself. God knows you. Jesus knows you. And his love is bigger than your biggest misstep. And the the bad news is we got some problems. We're pretty messed up. The good news is faster than we can ask for forgiveness, our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, forgives and makes clean. And then there's just amazing theological truths about what comes next. She says, I, I kind of sense that you're the Messiah. I kind of sense that you're the prophet. And Jesus, this is the first person in the Gospel of John that Jesus says his true identity to. Just a side note. A woman theologian friend of mine said, uh, if you notice, every time Jesus talks with a woman in the Gospel of John, he talks theology. Every time he talks to a man, he talks church. He talks brotherly relationship. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what the megabit. Just every once in a while, I like to throw in truths like that that kind of shake me up a little bit. But he says, I am. I am that Messiah. I am that God. I am. And then what What happens? She becomes the first, she's the first person to know who Jesus truly is. And then she becomes the first missionary. She becomes the first evangelist. And what's her theological, what, like, what's her trick? What's her, what's her hook? Um, come and see. 
come and see. That's it. Bearing witness. Come and see. Where people lost in the desert who have found water or been shown water and we simply walk around the desert more and introduce other folks to where the water is found. Come and see. That's actually, I stumbled across the truth that that was Mother Teresa's favorite invitation to India, to her, her, to her mission organization, to Jesus, her Savior and her Lord. She loved to say, hey, just come and see. It's not rocket science. And we as a church have gotten away from that. It's, when's the last time I've said, hey, just come and see. And then after that, there's a whole nother sermon to be had, but for time's sake, I want to just simply end with, um, it was true then, and it's true now. The harvest is plentiful. It's interesting, even as this coronavirus hits, maybe... It's a good thing that we're not going to be at the location that we usually are on Sunday mornings. Maybe we should take these, however long it is, these Sundays, these gatherings, these meetings, to intentionally pray for the folk that are hanging out in Starbucks at this time on Sunday mornings going to the library going about their daily business walking in the park and that'll move us into an application our applications at first being as we're apart physically let's look for ways that we can where we've been posted invite people to come and see another application is rest rest assured on the truth Jesus knows you Jesus knows you and loves you deeply another application Simply allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. I'm pretty sure I've told you before, but uh, a guy named John Ortberg revolutionized my idea of spirituality. When he was writing the book, The Me I Want to Be, he has a section about it. He talks about How do we know someone's spiritual? How do you know someone's reliant upon the Holy Spirit? He says it's simply like the same way you would know that a Corvette person is a Corvette person. They talk about the Corvettes a lot. You know, a USC person is a USC person because they talk about USC all the time. They wear red and gold. Cal person, same thing. Bike person, same thing. 
Going to church doesn't make you a spiritual person. Talking about the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit on your lips and in your life makes you a spiritual person. Allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. And I I think I would love to see where the woman at the well was post-resurrection. I kind of wish he showed up again in Acts, the Acts of the Apostles somewhere. Simply because I would imagine her connection with God remained strong. And I think that's the 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 application I would love to leave us with. Seek the face of Jesus this week. Connect with the Heavenly Father through Him and via the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, I pray that you would equip us Especially, O you, Holy Spirit, come and flow through us. We welcome you. We thank you for the truth that, Heavenly Father, you loved us so much that you sent your one and only Son. And in this third week of Lent, we we state, we, we know we are loved by you because we believe that Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross is true. Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. And all God's people said, Amen. And now, a benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.